Thank you for being with us today. We would love to have you join us in person. To partner with us or to give online, go to www.upperroomohio.com. We hope you enjoy this message. Yeah, it's something powerful about communion. Strange. Every time I do communion, I start thinking of his body and I just can't help but just be moved by who he is. And then I start thinking of his blood and I start thinking, man, how much I've been forgiven. Ah, his blood, man, it just, I think that's the key to forgiveness. And the key to grace is, you know, much you've been given, so much you give. You know, I've been forgiven a lot, so I forgive a lot. I, it's easy for me to see the value in people. It's easy for me to see past faults and flaws and issues and it's really easy for me to see the greatness in everybody and I think it's because I was a wreck but Jesus but God I was a mess but God I was lost but God found me you know and it's just really good I'm so thankful I know we've got a, done a lot already today I just really feel I'm I'm to press into this word um, so I'm going to make it abbreviated compared to the 9 a.m. so we'll probably post the 9 a.m. sermon again uh, so if you want the full version, go to the 9 a.m. But I really feel like I'm supposed to talk on integrity today. Um, I believe there's a whole lot of things we could do, and there's a whole lot of perfect environments and different things we could create, but we're still not going to make everybody grow around us. You know, I've heard Bill Johnson say, you know, you can create a greenhouse, but not everybody's going to grow, but you could create an environment where no one would grow. And I think that's with integrity. Like, we can do everything right, and we may not lead everybody around us to Christ, but we could do a couple things wrong and we push everybody away from Christ. And I, and I think that's a key of like, you know, you could lie or just be, a, be a, a jerk face to one person, you know. And they know you as a Christian or you represent Christ and you do one thing and they're going to hold that against you forever. It doesn't make it right. It's just a reality of what we live in because we remember negative because we, let me just explain this. Our psychology is that we always uh, build up defense mechanisms, so trust is so hard to earn and to build in somebody in a relationship because we by nature, hum humans by nature, are meant to be defensive. We are. So it could take years in an organization to build trust because maybe the person before you or maybe that person was somewhere else where they hurt you. Like I can't tell you how many times as a pastor I get another issue with a pastor held against me that that person had with them. Because we build up defenses, we build up these things, so we remember negative and we build up this wall to say, I'm never going to let that happen to me again. One bad thing happened, I'm never going to let that happen again. So with integrity, we can lie to one person and they'll, they'll not turn to Jesus because a Christian lied to them. And it's this thing, it's why news sells so much and news is negative because we by nature receive negative news and we put that in the memory bank far more than something positive. Let me give you an example. As a child, I remember getting burnt on an oven. So guess what? I'm never going to touch that hot oven again, and I remember that. I remember the scar. I remember the pain. But I can't remember, you know, a massage a year ago. I, I can't remember that, even though it was good, and I like massages. I know there's some of you, I would never let somebody touch my body. <sighs> Come on, bring it. You know? <sighs> I've never had a pedicure, manicure, but I'd probably do that too. So, like... Head massage, that's why I let Tara cut my hair. She like does the massage thing, shampoos it. I was like, yeah, that's worth the extra money. Don't, don't, not, just gonna stop there. 
I got to be careful who's corporately sponsoring me for these messages. That's a great idea. Just kidding. So, so at any rate, we remember the negative. We don't always remember the positive. So recently, this has been on my heart for a couple months because uh, Evelyn, she had to present a biography and do a presentation to the class. And she got to pick anybody who had walked the earth and lived here and died. So it had to be somebody who passed away. So we went through a couple, and I was like, what about Billy Graham? He had just passed away. And we're like, what about Billy Graham? He's impacted so many lives. And, and so she went with it. So even it's been fun the last couple of weeks. I'm like, hey, Ruth. She's like, yeah, Billy. So we've been acting and role-playing like Billy and Ruth, you know, and that was his wife. But at any rate, I, the reason why I, I processed with her and told her was obviously the impact she ha he had on the kingdom. The impact. He added 3.2 million names to the Lamb's Book of Life. That's impressive. One of them is Matt Brewer who, who goes here. Like he was impacted, gave his heart to Christ through Billy's ministry. All right. Now, now me, I wasn't. I wasn't. I didn't give my heart through Billy Graham's ministry, I, and I wasn't impacted by his his call to salvation. But I was impacted by his integrity. So he's my hero, not just because of the 3.2 million believers that that he led to Jesus, but I'm more impacted by the integrity. So I can guarantee you, there's been 10 times more people impacted by the integrity that man lived on life and turning people to Jesus through morality and integrity than there was even to the call of salvation. Some of it's in seed form that may not have turned them to Jesus at that moment, but they saw a representation of Christ who was good and moral and full of integrity and ethics. He would do things like if he was going on a, on a stadium tour, he would rent the entire floor of rooms in the hotel and not allow a female to ever enter that floor so there was no room for false accusation. He would also remove the TVs from the rooms that he was going to be in so there would be no room for false accusation or even temptation. These are the things this man operated with, and he was a man of integrity. And it, and it reminds me of so many uh, things in the Bible and, and integrity. And, and I just think integrity is one of those things that it's synonymous with our reputation. A man of integrity is remembered, and a man of, 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 of dishonesty is also remembered. And sometimes our integrity precedes us because we could just wrong somebody one time, and all of a sudden it's blemished, and we got to re-earn it back. So I was just processing this of, of, of Billy Graham, and, and we may not be able to create an environment where everybody grows, but we can certainly do really bad damage by creating an environment where no one grows or we turn people away. Let me, let me go to Scripture. In Matthew, it says this. Matthew 20, I'm sorry. Matthew 5.16 says this. In the same way, let your light shine before others so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father who is in heaven. So listen, integrity goes beyond just being good. Like righteousness, truly, the, the best definition I've ever heard is righteousness is right standing in God or right living in Christ. That's righteousness. It's right standing. It's a right standing in relationship with God. It's similar to integrity. My best definition that I love for integrity that I give is doing what's right even when no one's watching. I'm going to give you Webster's, and then I want to hear from the crowd some, some, some popcorn words. When you think of integrity, some words that you hear. So Webster's defines it as this. The quality of being honest and having strong moral principles, moral uprightness. Another one is the state of being whole and undivided. Now, the greatest source of wholeness and the greatest source of unity is Christ. He unites the body. He unites us to him as one. And all of a sudden, when Christ is in us, we become the hope of glory. Christ in us, the hope of glory. 
And I'm, I'm telling you, so it's synonymous with, with having Christ in us to operating a life of integrity, of morals, of honesty, of goodness, and actually leading men to Jesus. It's his kindness that will lead men to repentance. We've been on a series, and it's called Kindness Counts, based on Romans 2, 4, where it's the kindness or the goodness of God that lead men to repentance. By the way in which you respond, and integrity manifests itself and when you're squeezed. Integrity manifests itself the way you operate and, and, and treat your employees or treat your, your, the people that you work with or treat your boss. Integrity manifests itself in the way that you look at people, the way you value others and actually want to learn from them rather than just thinking your ways are always the best. Integrity manifests itself in the way that we, we love and the way that we act. The way that even when there's things going on that we don't disagree, that we disagree with, how are we going to respond to that? Man, you want to you get a heated conversation going, go in a blended room and talk about a wall. You want to get a heated conversation, go in and talk about some of these other things that are happening. So when that begins to come my way, how am I responding and operating with uprightness and righteousness and integrity in Jesus? What are some of your definitions of integrity? Just popcorn style, I'd love to hear some. When you think of integrity, what do you think of? Go. Character. Character. Transparency. Transparency. Honesty. Honesty. Trust. Trust. That's good. Whoa. Whoa. <laughs> Bonus points. How to make a grown man cry? <laughs> it's integrity. Like, let's go to some scriptures here. I read this book, Dash. That dash represents the time you were born to the time you died on your tombstone. Are we really making a mark on this place? Are we really influencing the earth and those around us and the circumstances, the industry, the business, the family we're in? Are we really leaving a mark? What are they going to think of us when we leave? What is our mark? What, is, what are we establishing there? What's our legacy? What's our influence? What's our impact? My grandpa, he's one of my heroes, and, and I'll be honest with you, like I went to his funeral and much of what I've done and who I became has happened since he died. I wasn't a believer before he died, and I, I, I didn't have Christ in my heart. You know, you hear those stories. If there's one person you could have lunch with, who would it be? You know, it's usually my grandpa for me. I'd love to ask him questions or to tell him who I became, you know. So at any rate, at his funeral, there was probably 60 pastors there that were a direct seed from his ministry. So around 60 pastors, just that next generation, just those alone were about 60 churches that were planted for my grandpa. He did tons of things. He was a pastor in Piqua for decades. He did tons of community events and programs and help, and he was literally the type of guy that would give the, the shirt off of his back. But when I think of my grandpa, and any, anybody else thinks of my grandpa, they don't think about his ministries or how many pastors or how many hundreds of pastors are now from the seed of, of that first generation. They don't think of that. They don't probably think of the community programs or those things. They think of a man who is probably after God's heart. They think of a man who is humble, who is kind, who is gentle, 
who was meek. My grandpa was one of the quietest people you'll ever know, but he was wise. He loved well. My grandma, she was very passionate. She loved to yell, Dorsey! That's oftentimes what you'd hear, and like she was very demanding, Dorsey, get these chickens out of my house, you know, just like, you could just imagine. She, it's kind of where my dad gets his passion from. But at any rate, he would just, and he, he broke his back in, war, in World War II. He fell off a, a wing of an airplane. He was a repairman for airplanes. And he'd walk hunched over. And, and he'd say, yes, Mary Lou? He was just this kind man. He was known for his integrity. And, and as I mentioned a couple weeks ago, there was never a sexual moral accusation in his ministry. There was never a financial um, scandal or anything like that in, in the decades that he was a pastor. Same with my dad. And as I think of these men, and I think of Billy Graham, I don't, I don't necessarily think of, I don't have a clue how many stadium crusades he did. I don't know how many times he was televised over those televisions. I have no idea those numbers, but I know he was a good man that represented Christ well. So my dash is to be really honest with you, integrity is doing what's right when no one's looking. Integrity is not living this false life on Instagram and then you're a jerk in real life. It's not this thing to where, you know, you're this person, you know, at church, and then you're this different person at home. My dash, I really want it to be that Aaron Simmons is a man of integrity. Aaron Simmons is a kind, gentle man. I just want to be real with you, I, and I've said it often. I want my kids to see the best version of me at home more than you even get to see here. I want, I want my wife to experience the greatest love for me more than I pour out to anybody else. Like, it's, a, it's the same thing. Like, and in your workplaces, like, you can do all these great things, but if you're loving outside the customers more than you're loving inside the, the culture that's in, they're going to feel devalued. Like, it's this thing, like, you can do these most amazing things, and I can do hope over heroin, and I can do these great things, and, and I'm just trying to translate this to your life, your family, your business, your organization, your sphere of influence around you, whatever that is. You can do these great accolades, but if it's not in your heart, it's going to show because everybody around you is going to get your leftovers who's closest to you. Integrity means I'm so full of Jesus in my heart that I always do the right thing even when everybody's got their back turned. Integrity is doing what's right. Even when that person's not around, I'm still going to honor them and talk good about them. That's family. That's integrity. That's honor. That's love. Love doesn't, love isn't, doesn't envy. It, it's not strife. It doesn't gossip. It doesn't sow discord. Like integrity and the purity of God is actually honoring and loving all and just loving God with all your heart, soul, and mind and loving your neighbors yourself. To me, there's so many things that are synonymous with integrity. It's our influence. Integrity precedes influence. If you don't have integrity, you're not going to have influence. And let me just tell you, like, if you don't have influence and you don't have followers, then you're not a leader and you're actually probably just a dictator. Like, that's the difference. The difference is influence means when you're not there, they actually talk good about you. When you're not there, what are people saying? That's whether or not you have influence. And, and well, let me just be honest with you. There's good influence and there's bad influence. I don't want my kids, when, when I'm not around, telling Nicole, oh, he's a jerk. I don't want, I don't want him around. I'm scared of dad. You know, oh, is dad going to be upset that we didn't do this? Or is dad going to be upset? Is dad going to yell? Like, I, I don't want that. I want my kids to be able to say, oh, daddy's home. When I get home from work, man, they just light up, daddy's home. It's the best thing I could ever imagine hearing. It's the same thing with Nicole. Like, Nicole looks at me with these eyes, and I go home, and we hug, we embrace. 
It's the same thing with the people around me. I want them to want me around because I'm actually pleasant and I represent Jesus really well through my honesty, through my trustworthiness, through my loyalty, through my love, through my kindness. All that character wrapped up to, to one would be integrity for me. If we're truly full of Jesus and we truly are having revelation of him, then we should start to become like him. Perfection is not, is not achievable. We can't be perfect. We're not to be Jesus. We're not to be saviors and messiahs. We, we can't be perfect. But every glimpse I get of Jesus, I get to be a little more like him. Every, every infilling of his Holy Spirit, I become a little more like him. Every time I feel the power of the Holy Ghost or every time I, I witness his love in a greater facet or a greater level or a different perspective or a different way, I get to be just a little bit more like Jesus. And let me just tell you this, Jesus was the greatest example of impurity, integrity, and righteousness that ever walked this earth. Let me, let me go to a scripture here. Mark 12, 13 through 17. Jesus is the greatest example of integrity. But we as believers should be the greatest people of integrity walking this earth. Just to be honest with you, we should be honest we shouldn't be lying to get out of trouble. We shouldn't be lying to embellish a story, make ourselves look good. That's called pride. <laughs> we should be humble, even if it means admitting our faults. I can't wait. My next message is humility. That's going to hurt a little bit. I ran across a scripture in Proverbs. I was like, ouch, I'm full of pride and arrogance. Mark 12, 13 through 17 says this. And they sent to him some of the Pharisees and some of the Herodians to trap him in his talk. And they came to him and said to him, teacher, we know that you are true and do not care about anyone's opinion. We know that you're true to yourself. We know that popularity and people's opinions don't change you. And it goes on to say this, for you are not swayed by appearances. You're not swayed by flashy things and programs and these, these fancy things. And it says, but you truly teach the way of God. It is lawful to pay, is it lawful to pay taxes to Caesar or not? Should we pay them or should we not? They're trying to trap him to say who's more important, God and giving to God or giving the taxes to the local government. Here's Jesus' response. But knowing their hypocrisy, he said to them, why put me to the test? Bring me a denarii and let me look at it. Then they brought one and he said to them, whose likeness and inscription is this? They said Caesar's. And Jesus simply said this. Render to Caesar the things that are Caesar's and to God the things that are God's. And they marveled at him. Listen, we, we are on this earth to serve God, to live for God. He's, he's our number one father. He's our number one friend. He's, he's the alpha and the omega. He's the big deal. We were put on this earth to, to, to be his craftsmanship, to worship him and lead others to the same lifestyle with him. That's, that's my opinion. Two things, to love God with all of our heart, mind, and soul and love our neighbor as ourselves. Those are the two things summarized. So here's, here's Jesus saying they're, they're trying to pin him and test him and trick him. And here's what he says. Pay Caesars with Caesars and God's with God's. He's saying serve God, but while you're on the earth, you're also to obey the laws of the land and actually serve man too. Your image of man is actually important. Why? Because every day people are put in your path to be an influence, whether to lead them to the kindness of God or push them away. Why? Because there's some people that just know you're a Christian. So are you a butthole or not? It's kind of what it boils down to. And let me just tell you, if you want to know if you're influencing, try to figure out what they're saying behind your back. Try to figure out what they're, what they're saying on Facebook about you. 
or your organization or whatever it might be. Like, like their opinions actually matter. Now, I understand not everybody's going to have a fond opinion of me. I understand that not everybody's going to like me. When we're, there is a thing called persecution. But even Paul says, do everything in your ability to make peace in your relationships. Everything within your ability, which means have I really given myself and done unto the Lord in all of my life, in my relationships, in my conduct, in my, is it unto the Lord? Let me, let me find a scripture. I'm so uh, off right now. And then I'll wrap up with one, one thought here. I'm just going to f- shotgun four ver- verses to you that I had down here. Maybe we'll find it. 2 Corinthians 8.21 says this, For we aim at what is honorable not only to the Lord's sight, but also to the sight of man. Proverbs 11.3. If you're writing these down, just write them down. Again, full version, 9 a.m. It'll be posted on all of our social media avenues. Proverbs 11.3. The integrity of the upright guides them, but the crookedness of the treacherous destroys them. Colossians 3.17, whatever you do in word or deed, I think this is it, do everything under the Lord in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. In word and deed, meaning actions do speak louder than words. It's not, it's a, talk is cheap, but are we walking the walk? Word and deed. Steve Justice and I did a two-part series about the importance of our words, the importance of our commitments, also the importance of our actions. And then, are we doing everything unto the Lord? Now, again, I, I have to be careful in messages like this because, first off, I want it to come from the heart. I want our actions to actually come from our heart. I want our behavior to come from our heart, just like our children. We want them to behave and do what's right from their heart, not just because we said to do so, or the avoiding of punishment and discipline. I want them to control themselves. I want them to be responsible for themselves because they love themselves and they love me. Like, and they love the Lord. That's the ultimate. I don't want them just to be polished on the outside, look good on the outside, but they're rotten inside like the tomb and the cup is talking about in the Bible. Like things come from the heart. It's genuine. So we have to be careful to lose the measuring stick we often give ourselves that God never gave us in the first place. Works and righteousness isn't, isn't performance. It's relationship. What's our motivation? Our motivation is to influence others in relationship so that God can influence them in his relationship. Our motivation to be righteous is simply our heart for the Father because we already know his heart for us. We love because what? He first loves us. Freely we we give because freely we receive. We receive. We can only give what we have. So if I have a heart of righteousness and I have a heart to please the Father and I have a heart not out of duty or because I have to on that hard treadmill of, of performance and righteousness, but simply because I'm in love. Like, I'm in love. When I'm in love, it makes my actions super easy. When I'm in love, I don't have to debate whether or not I'm going to tithe. When I'm in love, I don't have to debate whether or not I'm going to steal from somebody or lie to somebody or do what's right. Or, or one time I walked out of Lowe's with a 69-cent packet of screws in my pocket because my hands are full and I think I was reading something and I just, I was doing this and left the screws in my pocket. I walk out to my car, cart full. I just spent like, like $2,000 worth of stuff. I'm unloading it. I go to get my keys to unload and I see this packet of screws, 69 cents. I'm like, ah, it's going to cost more for that employee's hourly wage to ring me back out for this than me just to take it. Honestly, I'm like trying to look out for their business. (laughs) Truly, it was just an inconvenience. 
I marched myself back in. I loaded my car, marched myself back in there, apologized for putting it in my pocket, said I didn't want to steal, and I wrung it out, and I paid for it. That's integrity. Why? Because my heart's full of Jesus, so I should probably try to look like him. Let me, let me finish this up here. It's not natural to be full of integrity and be pure. We were born in sinful nature, depending on others. We were born into a nature of selfishness. We were. My mama took care of me, changed my diaper, fed me, put me in my crib, you know, gave me my uh-oh, told me not to suck my thumb till third grade, but I still did it. One thing you may not know about Pastor and I, I suck my thumb till third grade. My sisters and brother hated it. I think it embarrassed them. I remember Matt dipping my, my hand in uh, jalapeno oil, like my thumb, stuff like that. And, uh, but at any rate, we were born into a selfish nature. But here's the deal. I want to I talk about that, and, and I'll end here. Paul describes this struggle between flesh and spirit in Romans 7 and 8. He's saying we want to be righteous. He's writing this letter to the church of Rome, and he's like, we want to be righteous, but it's hard. It is sometimes hard. I'm not going to lie. It's sometimes hard to make sure that that my actions represent Jesus in every way. It's not always easy. Because why? Because there's emotion. There's anger. Well, eye for an eye. Yeah, it makes the whole world go blind. Like there's these things of like who we are, and it's not always easy. But here's what it says in Acts 4, 13 and 14. Now, when they saw the boldness of Peter and John and perceived that they were uneducated, common men, they were astonished. And they recognized they had been with Jesus. Now, even though this sometimes isn't easy and there is this struggle as, 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 as Matthew, in Matthew it puts us, you know, the flesh is weak but the spirit's willing. You know, we know that reference. But, but here's, here's Paul in Acts and he's saying, he's saying now, here's what, what happened is John, you know, Simon, he says, here's Peter and John, although uneducated men, common men, you could tell they've been with Jesus. So in these things, sometimes it's not about what I do or don't do. Sometimes it's just, was I in the presence of Jesus? Did I allow him to transform me? Because let me just tell you, he's going to help me lead a church better than I could ever potentially lead a church. A ministry, be a dad, a husband, these things. Why? Because Christ in me is the hope of glory. So here's what's happening in this story. This, This man was healed in the presence of these Pharisees and these people. And they want to know how he was healed. And, and John and, and Peter are saying he was, he was healed by the Jesus that you guys sent to the cross. It's this dialogue before this set of scriptures. He says, the Jesus that you guys crucified just healed this man. And here's what they realize. Like, these are common guys doing this. And I'll be absolutely honest with you. Like, I feel so common. I didn't go to seminary school. I didn't go to theological school. I just simply had an encounter with Jesus. And it changed me. Sometimes that's all we need. We just need to stay in his presence and constantly be filled with his spirit. And he'll constantly encounter us to the point where we're literally transformed every day in his presence. They were common people, uneducated. But it says that we could tell they had been with Jesus. You could tell you had been with Jesus. You walk out of a board meeting, I could tell you had been with Jesus. You walk into to, to a staff meeting, I could tell you've been with Jesus. You walk into your, your supper after a hard day at work and your kids can tell you've been with Jesus. You can walk into that family reunion and those people can tell you've been with Jesus. You walk into that school or that hospital or that classroom and people can tell you've been with Jesus. Why? Because it changed the very nature of who you are. 
That's the root of integrity. It's just a presence. When Moses encountered Jesus, when he encountered God face to face, his light shined so bright on his face, he was never the same. He couldn't be looked at the same. Why? Because you could tell he had been in the presence of God. Let's just stand with me. I'm just going to pray for an encounter that we will be with Jesus. The Bible talks about the infilling of the Holy Spirit. And let me just tell you, it also talks about the evidences of the Holy Spirit. Some of them are other tongues, but there's also evidences of joy, the fruits of the Spirit, love. Like when we have the infilling of the Holy Spirit, we look different. When we have a presence encounter, we sound different. We begin to see different. We begin to speak different. We begin to see situations and people different. Why? Because we see them as promises and not of problems. That's the point of the presence is that it so consumes us that we're in love. We're actually transformed in that nature of love. God is love, so we should start to look like love. I love his presence. I'm, a, I'm an addict. My name's Aaron Simmons, and I'm an addict. And I'm addicted to Jesus. I'm addicted to his presence. I'm addicted to encounters. And it's continual. The reason it's called an infilling is because it's supposed to be a constant overflow of an infilling of his Holy Spirit. I pray that my cup runs over so that I can actually be so full I leak out onto others. That's integrity is that you look so good and appealing. People want who's on the inside of you. That's amazing thing about his presence. It's so good. It's so sweet. And I've tasted and seen he's good and I want the buffet. Especially this time of day. That rhymed. All right, hold your hands out. I'm going to pray that there's an infilling of the Holy Spirit and that there's evidences of that Holy Spirit, including integrity, including influence, including the baptism of the Holy Spirit even, gifts of the Holy Spirit. So, God, we just invite you here right now. You're already here. We invite your Holy Spirit to manifest in our hearts, our minds, our thoughts. Let you be the root of our integrity. Let you be the root of our righteousness. Let you be the root of our motivation. God, we just ask for an infilling of your presence, an infilling of your spirit right now.